Wow. God with us, Emmanuel. We heard that last Sunday as we started the journey of the story of Joseph. And you know, um, a year ago we, we went over the story of Mary called Chosen and we uh, looked at the birth of Jesus and the events that surrounded that after uh, he was born from the viewpoint of Mary. And this year uh, we're looking at it from the viewpoint of Joseph. And you saw last Sunday, if you weren't with us, I'm going to give you a quick review. And Joseph got the news um, from the one he was engaged to named Mary that she was pregnant. And of course, he knew he wasn't a father. And so it was a case of what, what he's going to do. He was going to put her away privately because he was a righteous and honorable man and he wanted to do the right thing. Well, before he did all of that, an angel came to him and appeared to him in a dream and he told him, he called him Joseph, son of David, which is very important. And he said, this is what you're to do. You're to take Mary as your wife. Because inside of her is a child who is going to be called Jesus. And you're to name him Jesus. He's the Messiah of the world. And so Joseph got that news, man. So can you only imagine how his plans changed? Have you ever had your plans change? When you thought that everything should be lined up this way, and then all of a sudden everything Something happened, and it just completely changed your plans. I know I was talking to Anthony, uh, our, the custodian here, and the head guy of that department. And just this past week, his son was uh, traveling to Augusta, and he got thrown out of the old, I think he said a 78, 79 Bronco. Those things are made pretty tough, okay? But he got thrown out of it. Seatbelt broke. And he was thrown, went through the windshield. And... All of that happened to him this past Tuesday, but, you know, his son is doing well. All he's got is a few bruised ribs and a few cuts, but he went through the windshield. And Anthony and I were talking uh, prior to coming in here, and I said, man, how quickly things, your plans can change. Just how quickly things happen. And, and all of you in here have a story you could share. Uh, and Joseph, see, we can relate to Joseph. He's the human factor to this Jesus birth story but Joseph's plans changed so he had a choice and his choice was he could he could do what he wanted to do or either he could obey and, and gladly he chose to obey and because of his obedience he took Mary as his wife and then he kept her as a virgin uh, until Jesus was born and he called his name Jesus so he obeyed right up to everything he was supposed to do and so we're going to pick up in the story then, and if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to give you the backdrop leading into the story from Joseph's point of view uh, today. And then I'm, going to, I'm not going to read the verses from 1 uh, down through 12. I'm just going to tell you about what's going on here uh, in this story in Joseph and his part in the birth of Jesus. Jesus is already born. And after Jesus is born, thank you, sweetie. Uh, after Jesus is born, he is, uh, uh, the Bible says that, that um, there was, Herod is the king that's there in Jerusalem. And after the birth of Jesus, Herod is ruling over Jerusalem. And here's the deal about Herod. Herod's not a good king. Herod, in fact, Herod is an evil king. He's a jealous king. 
And he's also a descendant. And, and if you want to go back and trace the line, you know, there's, if you go all the way back, there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Jacob had a brother that was named Esau. And there was a little conflict that went on between them. But here's the thing. King Herod was a descendant of Esau. And so if you remember in our line in Matthew chapter 1, when we looked at the genealogy of Jesus being, why is it important that he's the son of David? The line flows down from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It doesn't flow through Esau. So here's, here's Herod, who is king of Jerusalem, okay? You know, and, and you probably, did you see any news this week about Jerusalem? Did you hear anything going on about Jerusalem in the news this week? What's the, what's the issue? What's on the news? The question is, is Jerusalem the what of Israel? The capital. Well, you know, man, man's going to debate that, but I'd already tell you, I know that Jerusalem is the centerpiece of, of what God's doing in Israel. There's no doubt about it. God's done already set a stamp on that. But here was King Herod, who was not rightfully, according to the royal line, a, he shouldn't even have been in that position. But he was in that position. And so Herod is king over uh, Israel. Well, in this story, there was some um, magi. You know, in our Christmas story, we call them the, the wise men. And we even had, I was even part of a Christmas play. Any, any of y'all ever do that? Uh, put on the little robes and the little uh, things and go up in front of the church? I was one of the shepherds one time. And then uh, I got to play that part of the, the three wise men and, or the magi. Well, really, the way we tell that story, uh, it didn't happen. It didn't go down that way. We kind of picture the scene Jesus is born in the stable. The shepherds show up. The wise men show up. Everybody shows up. Well, it didn't happen that way. This was months, perhaps, later. And the Magi, they show up in Jerusalem, and they start going around, and here's, what they, here's their question. Where is he that's been born king of the Jews? So that's, start, that's where they start asking the question around Jerusalem. Where is he? The one who's been born king of the Jews. And boy, that word got to Herod. And how do you think Herod responded to that? Not very well. Herod was like, what? What? There's a king that's been born and he's supposed to be here? And so Herod was a little anxious about that. And also the people were, because the reason the people got a little worried is because when Herod got angry or did stuff, it affected everything. And that usually meant people were dying or stuff. Herod was so threatened about his kingdom that he had one of his wives killed and her brothers killed just because he felt threatened by them. He ended up, he had nine wives. He had lust in his heart, so he, he would marry all kinds of women just to make his kingdom expand, and he had those issues going on. But here's what the Magi were saying. They were, they were asking, where is he? And then they were declaring, for we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And so they were expecting Jerusalem to be aware of this. Now, 
these uh, magi are, are not what we might think of as just wise, little wise men. They were really known as astronomers or scientists. They were educated. They were brilliant. I mean, they were wealthy. And so we think there were three of them, but the scripture doesn't give a number. The Bible basically says it was enough of a group that it disturbed the king and the people. So they had this entourage coming in. And man, there could have been several of them, and they could have had the camels, but they, we know that they were, they were traveling with resources. <laughs> we know that because later they ended up giving them. And so it was a scene, and, and so they started to, to ask the questions, and so here's what old King Herod did. He heard what they were doing, and they were talking about this king, so he pulled them in secretly. And he, he brought them into his inner chamber, and he said, Okay, will you tell me when was it that you saw this star? And they said, uh, Well, we saw it at this so-and-so time. We know later it, it had to be some time. It had to be some length of time for them to travel. Because many believe that these uh, magi were from the east. They were from modern-day Iran. So from Iran to Jerusalem, that's quite a journey, okay? So they think that they were the Parthians is what they were known as. So that's quite a travel for them to come. And so the question came up, too, where is he to be born then? If he's not here in Jerusalem, then where is he to be born? And so they pulled in the scribes, and they pulled in the chief priests, and they, they brought them in to answer the question. And you know, it brings up a lot of questions about, well, how did these, how did these guys, how did these magi even know about this? How, did the, how were they even aware that there was going to be uh, a Messiah born, a Savior born? And you know, the, the word is, it goes back to a guy by the name of Daniel. Remember when Daniel was exiled into Babylon? Remember when he was there and how God used Daniel? Well, he told them of some prophecies that were going to take place one day. And so who knows the influence? And i can tell you this much. These magi, back in that day, the tradition was handed down because they respected Daniel. For in fact... All of them were going to be killed at one point. The wise men were going to be killed. And guess who came through with the dream that saved everybody's skin? It was Daniel declared what God had said. So Daniel had powerful influence. And Daniel was probably the influencer of these, these magi even coming over searching at that time. So they bring it in. And here's what's going on. They want to know where then is he to be born. Well, they looked it up. And they found out, they went to a scripture, according to the, this verse here, it's found in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And they went and they found out it was to be Bethlehem. Bethlehem was supposed to be the birthplace. And so out of Bethlehem was going to come a shepherd who would shepherd his people, Israel. And, and so after finding out that, the king pulls them in, he finds out the secrets here, wants to know the timeline. Then he says, okay, guys, I'm going to send you to Bethlehem. You go find this newborn king. You tell me, all, find out all about him, and then come back to me and report on it. 
because I too want to go over there and I too want to worship him. Huh, really? You think this king who feels threatened, who's killed other people because of his throne, really wants to worship a newborn king? Uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not the deal. But this is what's going down in this story. And then so it gets to this point that the Magi, they hear what the king has to say. And, you know, they don't think nothing of it. They just got what they needed. He's in Bethlehem. Well, I would have, I would have said, well, how far is Bethlehem? Do you know how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? Anybody know? It's only it's five miles. That's not too far. I know some of y'all run 5K runs, which is what, a little, three point, a little over three miles? Well, it's just five miles. You know, it's, it's probably about five miles from here to Bethlehem of Georgia, not, not Judea, okay? But, but anyway, we're not all heading up to Bethlehem, Georgia right now, but here's the deal. They, Jerusalem is here, and Bethlehem is right over here, just five miles away. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, if the king wanted to go worship him, why don't he just go on over there right now? Well, he didn't. He chose not to. But he's, he's going to, he might not have known if it was really going to be a true story or not, or if it was going to be come to fulfillment. Well, the Magi get their uh, instructions from old King Herod, and then they, they leave. And we're told that the star led them to Jerusalem. But then something must have happened to that star, because they began their journey to Bethlehem, and then all of a sudden it says the star appeared to them. And so, and then, and then it says, when they saw the star, when they saw the star, they greatly rejoiced. So it, le it leads me to believe that the star somehow went away while they were over Jerusalem. Have you ever thought about that before? But when they started journeying toward Bethlehem, the star appeared. And then it says they went in and they found Mary and the child in the house. Now, not in the manger scene but in the house. And so this leads us to believe that we don't know. Uh, Jesus could have been several months old at this time, but it calls him the child, not the baby, but the child. And according to what Herod did later in this story, he could have been up to a year old because Herod did something very tragic to every two-year-old boy in the Bethlehem region. So this is the backdrop of the story that's going on here in Jerusalem. But here is, here's what's kind of cool. Joseph and Mary, you know, Matthew doesn't report on this, but Luke does. Joseph and Mary have baby Jesus. We know eight days later, don't we, that Jesus went into the temple, and that's where he was uh, dedicated to the Lord. That's where he was circumcised. That's when everything happened. Simeon saw him. Anna the prophetess saw him. Where were they? They were in Jerusalem. So we know eight days after Jesus was born, he was right there in Jerusalem, right under the nose of old King Herod, and he didn't even know it. Isn't that kind of cool? He didn't even know it. But later he's finding out about it. So apparently they did go over there. They did go, but then they returned back to Bethlehem. And they were in this house at this time. And so they're in this house, and the king, the magi bring in these, these gifts, and they... They give 
they, they, they see Jesus and they see Mary and they worshiped him. And after they had that time of worshiping him, can you imagine traveling that far from Iran to Bethlehem? And then finally seeing, you've seen the star, you've wondered about all of this, and now the star finally is over this child, and you, now you know this is, this, is, this is it. This is the one. And so they worshipped him, the Messiah. And then they had brought gifts for this king who was born, and they pulled out gold. Anybody know how valuable gold is? Gold's a pretty good commodity. Anybody watch that, sh that show about gold on TV where they go digging up there in Alaska and they're trying to get gold? Gold's pretty valuable right now. It's going quite a bit of money at an ounce. I don't know how much gold they brought, but apparently they brought enough because they brought gold. And gold is symbolic of, uh, for a king. And if you remember the temple, when it was built, the temple of God, gold over, was overlaying everything. And then frankincense was brought. And that is a, that's used as a, as a fragrance. Frankincense is, is used like when you are offering the animal sacrifices. Frankincense, uh, frankincense is a smell that is, is soothing. It's, it's one that when you smell it, you go, ah, not, mm, you know, you go, ah. And so frankincense was also given. And then myrrh was given because it was given for those for burial. So really they were giving him the things that honored him as a king, honoring him for his sacrifice, and then honoring him even in his death. But here's, that's just what the Magi brought. And so they had, they laid these gifts there, and then that, that night the Magi get a dream. And they get a dream from an angel. And an angel warns them not to go back to Herod and report what they had seen, but to go home a different way. And you know what? Those magi were wise enough to make the right decision. They didn't go back to King Herod. They chose to do what the angel of the Lord had told them to do. And they left, and they went a different way. So, all of that to lead into the story of what's happening with Joseph today. Joseph, after all this goes down, he's sitting there, and we're going to pick up right here, verse 13. It says, Now when the Magi had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Not to worship him, but to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night, and he left for Egypt. Wow. Joseph, remember last week, Joseph had gotten a dream about his plans changing. Now Joseph gets another dream, and it's a warning. And it's a warning to say, Joseph, get up. Take Mary and this child, and it's time to flee. And, it's, and he even tells him to flee. Where to go to? To flee to Egypt. Now this word flee is an interesting word because it's the same word that we get the, our word fugitive from. 
which is pretty significant in light of what's happening in the world in the last year or so. Fugitives coming from everywhere. Well, have you ever thought of baby Jesus and Jesus and Joseph and Mary being fugitives? Have you ever thought of that? But here they were. They were fugitives. They had to leave Bethlehem and they had to go. Now, you might be thinking, well, well, that's a pretty good journey. Bethlehem's right here. Now, where's Egypt? Egypt's way on down over here. In fact, it was from Bethlehem to the Egyptian border is about 75 miles. And I'm sure they didn't just stop right at the border. I'm sure they went on in. And so a little bit further to get away. But look what Joseph had to do. He had to listen to a warning. And what was that warning? Get up. Get up and get out of town. So the Bible says he, he obeyed. I, that's the thing I get out of the message this day. Is that the Lord told Joseph, get up. And for the security of this child, get gone and flee to Egypt. And he did, as God commanded. You know, have you ever pondered a lot of questions of why things happen in the Bible? You know, God could have done all kinds of things here. God could have blinded anyone that came over to destroy Jesus. He could have. If anybody had said, okay, they're going to come over, and he could have, he could have had Herod killed. He could have sent his angels down. He could have annihilated anyone who attempted to mess with Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. He could have. But what did he choose to do? Well, he chose to have his son, Joseph and Mary, flee into Egypt. Wow. Now, I, think, I thought through that, and I said, well, why did that happen? It says, he told him to remain, in verse 15, to stay in Egypt until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill. Here's the answer to our question. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, who is this prophet speaking? This is found in Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Hosea says, out of Egypt I called my son. Wow. So you mean, God, all of this took place. Yeah, you could, have, you could have stopped his army. You could have destroyed all of it. But all of this took place in order that your word would be fulfilled? Absolutely yes. Because Hosea in chapter 11 was talking about Israel, but later it refers to Jesus. He says, out of Egypt I have called forth my son. You know what's crazy about this? Hosea is a prophet 700 years before the birth of Jesus. 700 years. And you know what's even more significant? You go 700 years back, that was in the time of when the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt. So we got a timeline of Hosea's talking about something that happened 700 years with what literally happened to Israel coming out of Egypt and how God led them forth into the promised land. And now Hosea is saying, out of Egypt I have called forth my sons. Why is this significant to us? Because just as God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, God was now going to give the complete deliverance to his people through his son, Jesus Christ. That's why that is so important. 
Oh, what a Savior. Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And so he hangs out in Egypt. He tells him, just stay there. Just stay there till you hear that old King Herod is dead. Well, that's your plan. There you go. So what did Joseph do? He obeyed. He obeyed. And he did just that. And God provided for him. I'm sure there was enough gold, man. I'm sure there was enough frankincense. I'm sure there was enough myrrh for them to be taken care of while they were there in Egypt. But what did Joseph have to do? Bottom line, what did he have to do? He had to get up and go. You know, we were singing earlier, go tell it on the mountain, <laughs> over the hills and everywhere. Tell what? That Jesus Christ is born. The Messiah. So, you know, there's some powerful lessons in this story today. And the first one coming from the words of the Magi, where is he? Where is he, this king who has been born? Because we have come to worship him. But Joseph is what we're looking at. He had to get up and go. Let me ask you this question. What is it that God has asked you to do? that you have not done? What is it that God has clearly asked you to do that you have not done? Think about it. What is it? Tammy talked with her dad to settle the issue over his peace with God. Is that, is that the issue with you? Is it God has spoken to you about a relationship, having peace with him, but you haven't done anything about that? Is that your, what is it? Or maybe it's this one. I believe in God. I've accepted him, but I've never publicly told nobody. I've never publicly been baptized. I've just kept it to myself. Is that you? Well, what is it God is saying for you to do? He's, he's clearly saying, hey, confess me before men. Don't be ashamed of me. Follow me. Repent and be baptized in his name. Let the world know. That's what he's saying. He's saying. And then maybe it's someone in this room that God has said to you, you need to go to someone and you need to make things right with them. You need to do that. You need to reconcile with them as best you can. Maybe it's that. What is it that God has told you to do that you have not done? I know for me what it was a little over six years ago was to start Gratis Church. And I remember the day I got that question asked to me, what is it? that you, if God has asked you to do that you have not done, and I knew immediately what it was. And then the next thing it was, well, what are you going to do about it? You can think about it, you can do nothing about it, or either you can do just like Joseph. What would have happened if Joseph hadn't gotten up and gotten out of town and fled to Egypt? We know from a few verses down Herod thought he'd been tricked by those magi, but he hadn't. They didn't trick him. They just obeyed God. 
they left town based on a word from the Lord, don't return to Jerusalem. But Herod got so upset about it, y'all, that he sent soldiers over and had every male child two years and younger slaughtered. Slaughtered. Wow. So, Joseph's part? <laughs> it's kind of big, isn't it? Kind of big that he did what God asked him to do. He trusted him, and he went. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the lessons we're learning. 